Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we, reco- where we cover all of those amazing reality shows that only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And today we are doing a supplemental episode that has nothing to do with reality TV. We are going to be discussing the vers- 1992 Washington, D.C. Versace robbery that was committed <laughs> by a gang of possibly drag queens, Possibly transvesti- transsexuals, excuse me. They say transvestites <laughs> in the article. We know that's not okay anymore. Disclaimer. Um, or you know, just a gang. So we're very excited about it. And this was brought to the table by one of our listeners, the amazing Lucinda. And Lucinda, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell everyone your handle and your Instagram and what you do. Hi there. Um, thank you so much for having me, guys. We're our pleasure. We're so excited. Um, my name is Lucinda Deggerland, and in addition to having just a standard 9 to 5, which I kind of keep offline, I am also a style blogger specializing in um, tall style. I don't know if you guys caught on, but I am six foot two inches tall. <laughs> I love stunning, it. Stunning. Stunning. <laughs> Taller with heels, and yes, you should wear your heels if you're tall. Yes. And um, I am so obsessed with this 1992 event ever since y'all mentioned it on a few episodes ago um i knew i had to chat about it with you guys <laughs> we did it i have done it you can delete this i've done a few <laughs> um i did a few deep dives on this and i'm just so excited to talk about it more with y'all um no we're deleting nothing because yeah, you did no. you brought everything to the table this is amazing like she researched articles she did all this research so we are excited to talk have, about it we have printouts we have printouts so she came prepared she brought hard wine copies. we're ready to go we are we are hard copy she brought us yeah and i fully hear you on tall girls wearing heels when i got married I said to my husband, I want to wear big girl shoes. I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel dressed up unless I'm wearing heels. Do you mind if I'm taller than you in all of our wedding photos for the rest of our life? And he said, no, I think that's hot. And I was like, great. I chose the right person. I'm going to hike it up. And my cousin is six <laughs> feet tall, and she has never worn flats a day in her life. She's all heels all the time. Yeah, love it. Yeah. If you got it, flaunt it, right? Yeah, do it. agreed. <laughs> I was barefoot at my wedding. Oh, were you? <laughs> so I just like, went full hippie on it. But, yeah. <laughs> All right, so where do we want to start? Um, let's start, I guess, with the facts. Let's start with the facts. <laughs> let's start with the facts. Should we start with the... Um, should, we, should we set the scene? Set the scene. Do, we ta- do we want to talk about the collection? Uh, sure, we can talk about the collection. Um, so, Lucinda, would you like to take the stage? Sure. I mean, if we want to talk about our journeys with the collection. Yes. Yeah, sure. So, I moved to D.C. when I was just 23 um and the shops on the south of wisconsin were really attainable i don't know if you remember this but there was j crew anthropology mac bloomingdale's uh, lord and taylor r.i.p mm-hmm. um maybe like a j jill or a talbots talbots oh, well, is still there whoa no, it's not. shocker i drove by the other day the sign's still there which where which talbots the one in the mall or the one outside outside the one near the bloomingdale's Oh, it is still there? Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen it lately, but there's a Kaiser Permanente in the Yeah. Well, actually, I should disclose to all the listeners and everyone here, I work in Chevy Chase. So I still, to this day. (laughs) So I used to work in Mazda Gallery, which is the mall that was right half a block away from the Versace. 
And now I'm on um, 43rd Street. So I'm like right off Wisconsin. So I, I'm right behind, um, right next to, do you know where Bowie Mongers is? The restaurant? No. You're behind where... Um, do you know where Chadwick's? Chadwick's. Yes. I'm right behind where Chadwick's okay. used to be. So for those of you listening and familiar to DC, Chadwick's is a re- used to be a restaurant. Now it's called something else. But I'm right behind there. So yes, I am in the heart. And I have, I've worked there now for 23 years. So I have, I have the heart of all of this. Um... So there were a lot of brands there that like kind of on the south side that were attainable Mm -hmm. and accessible, but there was also like that strip of stores that in 2008, they were just... They're fancy. Beyond. Yep. And uh, intimidating, Mm -hmm. imposing, you know, you go in and I just never felt like I belonged there. Even after like I started wearing some of the brands, I was like, I should not be in... I never even went there. Never. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so it, it took me a while to like feel comfortable there and like there I will say that there is even okay so much later I think I was a little less impressed um when I when we came back to DC in 2019 um my husband and I um I was pregnant and then every day I would take a lift from our house in the West End up to Bethesda where my office was and I just realized, like, how much, like, this formerly imposing place had just become a shell of itself. Because yes. everything had moved to city center, with the yes. exception of Tiffany. Yes. It, and it was just these brands that are, like, local to D.C. And while that has, like, a, I guess, while that has a time and place, it wasn't really the local small businesses that we think of, that you, like, think about as being somewhere you would want to shop that sounds awful I know, that sounds really bad um but so i it's just insane to me how much that area has changed the rodeo drive of dc is now nothing not- it's nothing. nothing and for those of you who aren't from dc which i'm sure a lot of you aren't yep. um just so you know so the area we're talking about is friendship heights slash chevy chase dc maryland and so it's right on the border between dc and maryland Half of it is on the D.C. side and half of it is on the Maryland side. The majority of the stores we're referencing are on the Maryland side. The Mm. collection was on the Maryland side. Yes. And all of these high-end expensive stores around... Well, when did City Center open? Around that time? Like 2018, 2017? earlier. I think it was was before 2016. Um, Okay. So So in D.C. proper, they opened a whole new shopping district called City Center that's near Metro Center in D.C. And all of the high-end stores that used to be in Chevy Chase all migrated down there. And it kind of left Chevy Chase a wasteland of nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, As the poor person in the room, can we also talk about (laughs) how Friendship Heights always had something for everybody, though? Yes. The budget, Mm -hmm. like, the shopping budget in Friendship Heights went in so many different directions. So, yes, there was Tiffany's and there was Versace. There was also Lord & Taylor, uh, Hex. I remember Hex yeah. before Bloomingdale's. Before it was Hex, it was um, Woody's. It was Woodward what? Lothrop. What? what is Woody's? Okay, so there was a department store. It was my favorite department store. I wanted to work there really bad in high school. Um, there used to be a department store in the D.C. area called Woodward and Lothrop, and everyone called it Woody's. Okay. And so what? And the building you're talking about that became Hex was originally Woody's, and then Woody's went out of business, and then it became okay. Hex. And I'm now realizing saying it that Woody's sounds perverted and weird, but it was actually like akin <laughs> to a Macy's. It was like a... Okay. Not a low-end department store and not a super high-end, but it was higher-end than a Hex. Okay. 
So there was also, when I went to college in D.C., which was quite some time ago, there was also a Linens and Things. There was the Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. There was the TJ Maxx and the Filene's Basement. Well, the Filene's Basement became the TJ Maxx. Right? Yeah. Um, And then eventually the DSW went in there, right? And that's still there. No. It closed. Did it really? It closed late in January. And Frank and I can't even discuss our attachment to the world market. Yeah. It's also gone too. I I bought a tree topper from that one. Yes, of course. My favorite (laughs) store of the Chevy Chase stores that now no longer exist and are gone. And I think, I don't think this was a Chevy Chase thing. I think they all closed was Barney's Co-op. Yes. I used to buy so much shit. In fact, I still have a pair of sunglasses in my bedroom right now that I got at Barney's Co-op that I'm obsessed with. I loved Barney's Co-op. But they were north of military, right? Yeah, they were on the Maryland side. They were on the Mm. fancy side. Yeah, they were on the fancy side. I always found it interesting about the fancy side as well. With the Barney's Co-op and the Tiffany's of it all, they're next to a Clyde's. Yeah. The nicest Clyde's ever. Yes. But a Clyde's. And for those of you who don't know, Clyde's is a local DC restaurant chain and... I mean, it's an institution. Love Clyde's. Yeah. Nothing nothing bad to say about Clyde's, but it's like kind of a brew pub vibe. Yeah, or, like an upscale brew pub, I guess. Yeah, because they have crab cakes and stuff. But, you know, it's like... I'm trying to think of a national chain we could compare it to. I don't... But was it a Clyde's that was also in Chinatown? Or was that J. Paul's Chinatown? No, no there's a Clyde's in Chinatown. Okay. There's also a Clyde's in Georgetown. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's how I get them confused. I get J. Paul's and Clyde's confused because weren't they like right next to each other before yeah. J. Paul's closed? Yes. R.I.P. It's almost... It's not quite Steakhouse. No. No. But it's close. I mean, I would say it's an upscale family restaurant, maybe. Yeah. Like the yeah. you I, I entrees these days probably hover between twenty and thirty-five dollars, I would say around right. that area. And when I was a college student, when parents came to town, that's you took them to Clyde's and French Pites. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cheesecake factory. We have that in still French Pites. Still there. Still, still there. We still got that. Maggiano's came and went. Yeah, J. Crew's gone. Yep. Oh, I just drove past it on the way here, and you know they're making Maza Gallery, like, apartments now. Yes, they are, they're knocking the whole thing down. It's going to be mixed use. Retail I, on the okay. first floor, and then the top four floors Is will the be movie theater going away, too? Uh, that's an interesting uh, question. <laughs> so, the, well, the movie theater's long gone, but um, they, the rumor was from some of my coworkers, people in the neighborhood, that it may be coming back once that, but I don't know where. Yeah. Mm. Long story short, this was a shopping destination in D.C., regardless of your budget, right? Yeah. You, you could go to yeah. Barney's Co-op, and then you could go grab some spicy lime cashews at World Market and call it a day. Yes. <laughs> right? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Stop at P.F. Chang's on your way out. Now there's yes. Whole Foods there, too. Yes. yes. Okay, so yes. you could right. get all of your needs covered. Yes. Well, and Frank laughed at me last time I got my hair cut, because Frank works in Friendship Heights, and I said, where is there to shop now? Like, I'm coming all the way out there to get my hair cut. And nowhere. The, the answer was nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Not unless you want to go to Marshall's and they don't have anything good um, And Marshall's. how dare we leave out Rodman's? It is Friendship Heights adjacent and they should sponsor this podcast. They really, really should. <laughs> For those of you who are not from the D.C. area, if you ever come to D.C., you need to take yourself to Rodman's. It is the best store on earth. It is in Friendship Heights slash Chevy Chase. And it literally has everything. So... I don't even know how to describe it. It is a grocery store, pharmacy, international food market, and medical supply store? But you can also get your watch fixed. Yes. Yeah, you can get your watch fixed. You can buy an inflatable bed. Yeah, you can, like, they they have clothes, soda stream, candy from around the world. 
No, it is. It's just like a small. It's small, yeah. It's I like, want to say it's family run, just because that it feels is. like yeah. what I no, want it, it to be. Um, but they've got like a big, like wine and beer section. the The first level is groceries, but they happen to have amazing like international candies. So mm-hmm. I'm a Ritter Sport hoe, and I go there to just like <laughs> stock up on all the flavors. But then when you go downstairs is where you've got actually the most amazing kitchen store you've yeah. ever seen in your life. Huh. There's a pharmacy. And then because of the clientele in Chevy Chase, which is important actually to this conversation, it runs a little older. Yeah. Um, you can get a shower chair and compression socks and, you know, all your various ointments and whatever. The best yeah. way to describe Robbins is I had a friend of mine in one day, I was cutting his hair. He was going to be leaving that night to go camping and he'd forgotten to get a pump to pump up his air mattress. Oh, they probably and I was, had Yeah, three. and I was like, Rodman's. And he was like, what? I'm like, yeah. well, he's like, what the, what the fuck is Rodman's? I'm like, I, I have a break after I'm done with your hair. I'm walking you down to Rodman's. And sure enough, they had a pump. He bought a pump there. Yep. And I stand by one year with my in-laws at Christmas. I put everyone to the test and I said, we're doing the all Rodman's Christmas stocking. Yeah. If they don't sell it at Rodman's, you have to go there. It was so much fun. I bet. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing I'd like to mention about this shopping area in Chevy Chase is that it's transit-orient development, which means it's been built around the um, Washington, D.C. metro. Yeah. The Red Line services it. And in, I believe, this whole, or most of this development was built in the 1960s. Um, It was a big deal that it was located with this you know, just accessibility to everyone else on the red line, which goes through D.C. and Maryland, yeah. both sides. Yeah, that's a good point. And when I, and part of, so a lot of the stuff we're talking about is the collection, which is on the north side of, uh, on the Maryland side. But on the D.C. side, we mentioned earlier Mazda Gallery, it's a mall. I used to work in the mall. They're now tearing it down. That's what I've moved across the street. And it used to be the big time shit. So that's where Neiman Marcus was. Um, Neiman Marcus was the anchor store. Mm-hmm. There was a movie theater. There was a bunch of very Is the high. Neiman's gone already too. Oh, it's they gone. They knocked the whole store down, the mall down. Yeah. Neiman's closed it's down before to the pandemic. Studs. Oh my god! No, it didn't. I went there during the pandemic with my kid. It would be like <laughs> I hung out in the bathroom because we hung out in the bathroom for too long. It was a very hot day. Um, <laughs> But um, they closed down, I think, in 2001. And there was a Saks Men's store. 2021. Oh, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And there you... So so when I was in high school, the Saks Men's store wasn't there yet. Mm. But Neiman's was the shit. And we used to go, like, just hang out in the mall proper to be, like, be near greatness. To be near all the fancy things we couldn't afford. Right. Okay. Multiple jewelry stores. That little McDonald's, too, it's gone? That, like, opened, had a door on Western Avenue? Honey, the mall is gone. gone. They knocked it down. Okay. (laughs) There's no more mall. Yeah, you can literally, like, if you look who was, it's gone. I mean, it's, when I say it's gone, it's gone. They, like, knocked it down. uh, No, there's still metal studs. The studs are there, but literally you can see from Wisconsin Avenue to Jennifer, like, right through. I feel like I just drove through there not that long it's ago. It's scaffolding. And there's a lot of scaffolding and stuff. So if you draw, if you're not looking, you can't tell. But it is like it is. It's okay. fun. All right. And the the. May, when, I'm actually going to go ahead and say I'm an attentive driver, and I didn't notice. <laughs> yes. um, so to put it in perspective for you, we other the last two things in the mall were the hair salon where I worked and TJ Maxx. That's that was right. It. Okay, like, I, knew we that. It. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. We were it. Brain fart. <laughs> can't say anything else. 
Okay, so I feel like we've laid the scene about the collection. Do we need to lay the scene about, like, 1992, D.C.? A disclaimer about vocabulary? A disclaimer about vocabulary also? So what we're going to be discussing, we've already, like, just talked about it a bit in the beginning of this. I discussed it. So we are going to be talking about a robbery that was committed by a gang of people who, in this day and age, would probably be called um, trans or drag queens. We're, we're, as not knowing these people, we're not totally sure what their orientation is or how they identify or how they like to be referred to. Now, that being said, we are going to be discussing newspaper articles from 1992 where the vocabulary was very different. Yes. So a lot of times we'll be doing direct quotes from these newspaper articles. So we just want you to know that like the quotes we're using, we're going to use the terminology they used even though we know and recognize that those terms would not be used in today's society. Yeah. The lens from 1992, quite different. Quite different. Quite different. Well said. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's let's start let's this do up. It. Yeah. Uh, so would you like to be, I mean, you did all the research, Lou. Would you like to begin? Would you like to start it off? Um, sure. I'll kick it off. Did we want to read the did you want to read some? Yeah, highlights? let's let's okay. read let's read some of the article. And actually, let's do it this way. Let's read article. We'll read some of the article, and we'll stop it. You know, we'll read a couple paragraphs, and we'll discuss them. We'll reflect. Um. So, sh- which article should we start with? I feel like you start with the the first one because it's a little like high level, and then I feel like the second one has all the good details, right? Okay. The March fourth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll start with March fourth, and this is from. Um, the Baltimore Sun. Interesting that the Baltimore Sun was the only one that yeah. kind of yeah. carrying this. Yeah. Now, this should be said that at the time, I remember seeing it in the Post, the Washington Post. I also remember seeing, like, article on the news, like the nightly news, wow. them talking about it on the news, like the Channel 5 news, the Channel 4 news, whatever. Okay. All right. Um, so, I mean, it was a big deal. And it was especially a big deal. It was very much being talked about. So, in 1992... Um, I was 19 and I was a pretty big club kid at the time. And so the nightclub where I hung out at, there were a lot of trans women and drag queens and ball culture. All anyone was talking about was this robbery. Like everyone was talking about this robbery. Like it was a big deal. Everyone was like kicking about it and being like, oh my God. Like it was not... From that community, it wasn't seemed like, oh my God, this is horrible. It was more like, you go girl. Like, I was like very into these robbers. Like, I feel like we'll, we'll get into that yeah. though, because they were kind of a success yeah. when you right. read more about it. Until they weren't. Yeah, until, until, <laughs> until they weren't until apprehended. They, yeah. Until they weren't. All right, well, so let's start. So the title, and again, remember the disclaimer that we I already read. So the title of the article is Upscale Boutiques Held Up by a Gang of Transvestites. <laughs> Sophisticated bands of transvestites seeking the best of high fashion to wear and sell are robbing upscale boutiques from Manhattan to Florida. The roving robbers have driven cars through shop windows, tied up boutique owners, or swooped into stores and packs carrying off armloads of clothing by such designers as Chanel, Giorgio Armani, Yves Saint Laurent, and Jean-Paul Gaultier, according to law enforcement officials. On January 8th, two men wearing designer menswear and a transsexual fashionably dressed in women's clothes, 
entered the Toby Lerner Boutique in Philadelphia's city center near closing time, or center city, I'm sorry, near closing time. The trio pretended to be shoppers, then threatened to spray mace in the face of owner Toby Lerner and two other workers. At gunpoint, the robbers covered the victims' mouths with tape, tied them up, and took them to the back of the store, police confirmed yesterday. The trio, believed responsible for at least four other robberies along the East Coast, then went on a shopping spree, careful to take only the most exquisite and priciest clothes. It amounted to about $25,000 in merchandise, police said. They only took the best, said Robert Young, a Philadelphia <laughs> police spokesman. I like that Robert Young, the Philadelphia police spokesman, like yeah. was up on this. <laughs> he Pol- knew their taste. He knew it. He yeah. was like, mm, get it, girl. Um, police said subjects in the Philadelphia case were arrested January 29th in the upscale Washington suburb of Chevy Chase, Maryland. They were trapped in a building while attempting to rob a recently opened Gianni Versace boutique, police said. The suspect in the Philadelphia case were identified as Brian Keith Chandler, 24, of Santa Monica, California, Christopher Darnell Hall, 31, of Orlando, Florida, and Dana Dubois, 19, of Oceanside, California, police said. Detective Lauren Aquaviva, am I saying that right? I think so. Yeah. Of the Montgomery County Police Department said the suspects were being held without bond at the Montgomery County Detention Center in Rockville, Maryland. The charges are armed robbery, false imprisonment, and assault and battery. So that is the initial article. Right. Um, where they first talked about this case. And that's already a feast. A feast. <laughs> yes, a feast. A, fe- a delicious feast. And I am an idiot and I have to give like a little mea culpa because I did not read these until just today. Like I should have been reading them as, as Lou was emailing them to us. Because, and I'm sure that they don't work for the department anymore, but one of my old clients and friends is the highest ranking civilian member of the Philadelphia Police Department. And I could have checked with her to see if if this guy still works for the department um, and if he's had any info. Yeah. So as the Philadelphian here, does Toby Lerner still exist? I I did Google him. Um, Yeah. it, It was a while ago when I started down this rabbit hole. Um, he does, his store does not exist in philadelphia okay it's a person he is a person yeah um in philadelphia center city honestly since the last time we lived here or we lived there in 2019 from 2019 from january 2023 rather than four years looking like it's passed looks like a like near decade has passed oh, like just really? the turnover in the retail like oh, yeah. gap is gone ralph lauren is gone like all your mall style arts that kind of translate to the center city shopping district they're they're gone and you see a lot of dtc people so um the fact that <laughs> this um boutique is no longer there isn't very shocking. not not surprising i found no. out today there are no more gaps in washington dc like what? the store you have to either go to Virginia or Maryland in the in the district. There are no more. Are there oh. any more Banana Republics? Because I know they closed the one down on Wisconsin for Aloe. So not in D.C., but again, in oh Friendship God. Heights, where we're talking about Gap and Banana Republic both reside on the Maryland side. I think the Metro Center oh, Banana Republic is still there, but okay. don't quote me on that. And also, fun <laughs> fact for all of you listening. We've already learned. I do not know this. And I should have told both of you, do you guys know what now exists in this space that used to be Versace? No. Oh, don't say that name in my presence. Oh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Is it an autogram shop? It is a Starbucks. Oh, it's on that side. It's that Starbucks. Oh. That's where the Versace was. 
That's oh, not a big no Starbucks, idea. though, is it? It wasn't a big store. The Versace store wasn't that big. It was all one level, and it went back. So it was mm. on. So it is on the west side of Wisconsin. Correct. Yeah. Had no clue. Yeah, that's where the Domain Home Decor store was. Yeah. Mm. And that big medical building. Yeah. Yeah. The the Barlow building. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's now Starbucks. So if you, if you want to go pay homage, you can go get a latte. <laughs> yeah. Bring your duct tape and grab a latte. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Toby Lerner, not there anymore. Mm-mm. Sounds like Philly is a lot like French Pites. Had a lot of turnover. And also, <laughs> now, now what, one of the things that I like, that is interesting to me in this article, and this is just going to be a, you know shouting into the void because there's no way we're gonna have an answer to this but i find it fascinating the age ranges and yes. the residences of these three people like one is from california one's from florida and one the other one's well santa monica and oceanside kind of makes sense and they're 19 and 24 but the 31 year old of orlando like i want to know that's probably where their like ids said they were from yes. but i'm dying to know where they were residing that's actually a really good segue to Article 2, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, let's... Should we dive into Article 2? So, I mean, I feel like I'm spoiling it already, but I'm, I'll am i do my best to segue. So what we find out about this robbery, though, is that this is not a one-off robbery by any means. <laughs> there is a ring of... A ring? A ring. And they are operating up and down the eastern Eastern seaboard. Yeah. From Manhattan, I think. Yes. To at least West Palm Beach. And according to one of the um, police detectives in the second article, um, they're driving people in West Palm Beach out of business. Yes. And to that I ask, did they not have insurance? (laughs) Maybe not. You would think. I mean, required. They do now. They do now. Yes. It should also be said that the West Palm Beach Police Department file on these robberies was hundreds of suspects deep, apparently. Hundreds, plural. Which Do you I, think the ring was hundreds of people? Maybe half of that? Yeah. Still. That's still I, I feel a like that's lot more like of a, people who are hoard. ripping off stores. Yeah. <laughs> more yeah. a hoard than a ring. And yeah. I feel like that we should preface this by saying, too... That, you know, we were talking a little bit about 1992. And for those of you out there who are young, and probably the two of you, um, in 1992, Versace was the shit. I'm mm, trying to, mm. I would say, like, Versace in 1992 was akin today to, like, Louis Vuitton or maybe, like, a Chanel. Like, mm-hmm. everyone was, well, like, all, like, the like the, the runway show you wanted to go to at the Fall Fashion Week was, like, Versace. Like, everyone had Versace. Like, now I feel like it's more, like, gaudy bathrobes and certain segments of celebrities wear it but back then like mm-hmm. it was like you wanted to be seen in Versace it was like the shit I in 92 I think it also links to at the time the supermodels were the major yes. tastemakers yes. at the time and yeah. they were I, when I think about Versace I think about that one photo where all they're like six or eight girls lined up in the metallic minis yep. and the crop sweaters and that just really drives home how like that's the imagery that I take from the brand and then those girls being the influencers influencing shoppers and we're talking about like Linda Evangelista mm-hmm. Cindy Crawford Naomi Campbell um yeah uh uh who else like Rachel Hunter um who am I, I missing Elle McPherson Tatiana um the... Wait, wasn't there that woman that kind of went off the deep end Karen Mulder Yes. 
So that th- this was the era of the supermodel, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and the supermodels were all best friends with Gianni Versace. Mm-hmm. They all wore Versace. It was what you wanted to be seen in. And mm-hmm. so it makes sense that this was a store that would be hit, especially by people who wanted to be perceived as, I'm assuming, supermodels themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably wanted to, like, emulate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is a maximalism to Versace, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite things about, I don't often watch them, but 72 Questions that Vogue does on YouTube, but they interviewed Donatella Versace a couple of years ago, and they said, what trend do you hope goes away? And she said, minimalism. <laughs> and I think... And that is so Versace to me. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways to, I think, um, best the best example of this is the movie Showgirls, which if you young people haven't seen it, you need Versace. to go home and Versace. watch it a hundred times. As soon as she gets the money, she runs right out to the store to Versace and buys a dress and mispronounces it and says, it's a Versace. And that was her end all yes. be all. She's yeah. like, I got a Versace. And so like that was the time period and that was what we're we're oh. in right now. And that dress that she buys is actually cute. pretty demure. Yeah, yeah, it was cute as shit. But it's like a, a it it's like, an LBD. Yeah. With like the Versace it was, it was, emblems cut out. It was the LBD and then yeah. I think it had like the Grecian key just along the yeah. bottom mm. hem. No, 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 no. It's little cutouts. Oh, it was cutouts of the Grecian um, key. Empire. Yes. Yeah. Umpire. Yes. Umpire. <laughs> I mean it's short, but don't I mean, it's pretty... Every, wasn't everything short, though? Like, very yeah. slick dressy in yes. that era? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a very cute dress, but I'm just saying for Versace, where you could have, like, safety pins and slashes and so mm-hmm. much skin, the one in Showgirls is actually surprisingly buttoned <laughs> oh, up. Speaking of safety, that's the other thing. It made Elizabeth... Versace made Elizabeth Hurley mm-hmm. famous yeah. around the same time period. She yep. was on the red carpet with Hugh Grant, completely unknown. She's wearing this evening gown held together by giant safety pins. That's and what I think of. It was a Versace, and it put her on the map, and this was also around the same time period. Actually, I just read an article about that. Um, in Fashionista.com, they cover for um, certain iconic outfits in, like, um, I would say history, but, like, modern, mm-hmm. modern <laughs> history. Of course. Like, going back maybe to the 60s. And I think, if I have this right, um, Elizabeth Hurley went to several other fashion houses. Because at the time, do you recall, she was relatively unknown. She was completely, yeah, she was completely unknown. I mean, not completely, but... She was yeah. not famous by any stretch of the imagination. She was Hugh Grant's girlfriend. Yeah, that's it. Um, and Versace agreed to dress her, and that dress put her made on the map. Her. She made the dress. Yep, it's like the J Lo. Uh... Oh, that was also Versace, wasn't it? it? Was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. It, the, it was the dress that launched Google Images. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All right. Well, okay, now, so no, now Versace we, was the shit. Okay, so we've set the scene. So now this is article number two. This article came out four days after the previous article that I read, everyone. And let me just, um, just heads up to the audience. This one is a bit longer, but stick with us because it is full of juice. Yes, and we may, we'll probably take little breaks in between this one. With I won't read it yeah. throughout. We'll, we'll and this one also stuff. has an attributed reporter, whereas the first one was like a newswire service that I've never heard of. Reuters? It's not Reuters. No, Knight like, Ritter. Yeah, Knight Ritter. Kind of like it. Yeah. Okay. So this article is Transvestite Thieves Hit Maryland Fashion Shops. It was written by Michael James. And this article came out on March 8th. The previous one came out on March 4th. This is 1992. Um, It was Leroy Harvey Reeves' feet that gave police their first indication the 19-year-old may have belonged to a gang of transvestite criminals. 
Mr. Reeves, wearing a white Italian designer blouse and leather skirt, and two other men had just been arrested January 29th for allegedly stealing $80,000 in merchandise from the Ritzy Gianni Versace store in Bethesda when detectives arrived. Now, two things about what I've already just read. Hmm. Number one, um, if you guys were... You, paying attention, you'll say, gosh, I don't remember them mentioning a Leroy Harvey Reeves mm. in the first article. Mm-hmm. And that's because I be- we're in the first article, this person was referred to as Dana Dubois. I believe that Leroy Harvey Reeves is either their dead name yes. or that Dana Dubois was their drag name. It could be either one. We're not sure. We don't want to offend um, Dana. If you're out there and listening to this by using their dead name, but we don't know. Like, we can't say which one it is. So we're just going to say what the article says. But from here on out, other than the article, we will be referring to her as Dana out of respect. Yes. Now, my other issue with this is this list that the store is in Bethesda. It is not. The store was in (laughs) Chevy Chase, as we've established, (laughs) slash Friendship Heights. Um, Bethesda is north of that. I'm not sure why they would say Bethesda, but this store was literally... 30 feet into Maryland from D.C. I would like to interject one more thing. Of course. Um, They cite, or the writer cites, January 29th in the article. And this article came out on March 8th. So I feel like the lag time on that... It's long. Is a, this, yeah, that's a long lag time. They're not getting a scoop. No. No, no not okay. at all. Um, and now I know that, Lou, that you had done some research into adjusted so now we did a you did a breaking down the robbery and you said that they had stolen twenty five thousand dollars which in today's adjusted for for in today's mm-hmm. uh oh my god why is my brain into not today's inflation value. inflation thank you yeah. <laughs> um is fifty two thousand seven hundred and ninety nine yeah so this is so i'm assuming i'm guessing that probably it's all over the board as to how much merchandise they actually stole oh it gets it gets bigger yeah, the $25,000 is from the article on March 4th. And then we hear they touch on the 80K. And then later on in this article, you're going to get, we're, we get to a number that is just unfathomable. Yes. So, what we can, so let's all of us in this room and listening, let's just assume that all of the figures that I'm reading you double them. Double. For yeah. today, approximately double them for today's value. So they got 160 grand worth of merchandise from this Versace yes. store. Yeah. That's not That's insignificant. A lot of no. Metallic miniskirts. Yeah, it is, is a lot of metallic miniskirts. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and this is a direct quote. He looked and dressed just like a very stylish woman, but he had the biggest feet, the kind you know can only belong to a man, said Montgomery County Police Sergeant James Hennessy. And I feel like I've, because so I follow a lot of DC and Maryland, like crime Twitters and stuff. Of course. And I feel like James Hennessy, I feel like he's still with the Montgomery County Police Department. That name sounds familiar to me. Mm. Um, it became obvious this wasn't an ordinary armed robbery. Now, I take umbrage to that. Like, so the <laughs> fact that it's not an ordinary robbery is because it was committed by either a drag queen or a transsexual. Like, I. If it was just a regular old dude, would it that make it an ordinary robbery? Like, how is this not an ordinary robbery? Or what about me? Because I have very big feet. Would that be an ordinary robbery? And it's also, it is weird because every robbery that happens, they always take the most expensive items anywhere. Yeah. That's yeah. the point of robbing someone. 
Yeah. I don't. It makes no sense. Bang for your buck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're going to commit a crime, take the stuff worth the most money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't really get his quote unless unless he's assuming that all robbers are not queer people. (laughs) And that's what makes this. It it could use a little. Cisgender people with with size seven feet. Yes. (laughs) I feel like maybe the correct quote was like, it's rare for this area, or we see more car break ins than store robberies, or whatever. But yeah, no. Um, I said, clearly there is nothing ordinary about it. Mr. Reeves, a transsexual who lists his address as Oceanside, California, and his two accomplishments, accomplices are believed to be part of a loosely knit group of transvestites that has terrorized designer clothing shops from Florida to Manhattan. Now, here's my question about that paragraph. The loosely knit group of transvestites. So, <laughs> what I'm wondering is... Were these people really in a giant 100 to possibly 400 group of people robbing stores? Or was just a thing where just a bunch of like, I mean, it's not uncommon. A casual network? Well, but, but I mean, not a network at all. What if they just said like, oh, the, so those of you who have watched Pose know that in the first season, there's this, in the very first episode, I believe, there's a scene where the that one of the drag houses goes to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and steals, like, Mm -hmm. all of this, like, 15th and 16th century garb to wear to a ball. So it was not uncommon for trans people and drag queens and people who presented differently than their gender assigned at birth to steal clothes. That was a thing because it was embarrassing to buy them. They Mm. also didn't have money. It was very hard to have a job other than like a sex worker or a drug dealer if you weren't presenting as your assigned gender. So I'm wondering if these police people are just assuming, oh, anyone who's dressing out of their assigned gender who robs a store must be part of the same gang. And so I'm wondering if that was a thing. Like if this was just happening and they assumed they were a gang, but they really were just like a bunch of random incidents that they were putting together. And is it a ring or is it just a trend? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like (laughs) it may have just been a trend. And Um, young people wanting to look stylish and pay less or not pay, that's nothing new either. We didn't have H&Ms back then. No, no, we sure Um, did not. I'd like to throw something else out there is... um, in this last article, quote unquote, loosely knit group of transvestites, um, that's the that's what the article says um, from March eighth. In the article from March fourth, we know that two of the um, suspects were, I'm assuming, presenting as male, Brian Keith Chandler and Christopher Christopher Darnell Hall. Now, unless they're presenting as male born as female then i would not classify put them under that classification of transvestites yeah correct gotcha 1992 lens gotcha so that's a little there's there are a few assumptions and a few um also loosely knit if I'm going to rob a store with somebody, we're I would think we're pretty tight. tight. Well, exactly. And yeah. also, and not on, not on this scale. So not like a, what I think today we've, well, this wasn't a smash and grab. This was a full robbery. Mm-hmm. But like now we see a lot of smash and grabs. But, yeah. and I did have to just look it up on my phone because I couldn't remember the term. But there is a whole, there's a term for this. So when trans people and vote, people in the Vogue scene and drag queens and all of that when they would go steal outfits, it's called mopping. 
That's what they would call Whoa. it. They were oh, like, okay. let's go mopping. Let's go mop. Like, they, they, there's yeah. a whole terminology for it. Yeah. So I find it hard to believe. I feel like these police are assuming facts on evidence. I think they're mm-hmm. putting these pe- the, all of these 400 people together mm-hmm. when they may not have been. Also, let's not forget, I think, the favorite series that we've covered as One Hit Wonderful and its connection to shoplifting and thieving, Pretty Wild. Oh, yes. And yes. the bling ring. Yes, the Is bling this ring. just the original bling ring? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they were just robbing stores instead of houses, but yes. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, I mean, I don't think you had access to no. If you if you can't get on the internet, which you really couldn't. In they wanted to go steal that no. skirt that they saw Elizabeth uh, Hurley wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know they can't. I don't know. I guess you can look up anyone's address on the internet now. That's mm. scary, but that access wasn't there in 1992, so they no. weren't going to go find Paris Hilton's no 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 yeah they had no access they're gonna go rob the store where Paris got the shoes from yeah totally and also I don't think I I don't think that this comes up in the article I don't think they were selling these I mean I think they were stealing these clothes to wear oh on contraire oh really you think they were (laughs) selling them they both oh both yeah Yeah. keep reading okay all right let's (laughs) hear it all right the transvestite fashion robbers which is in quotes as they have as they have come to be known in some states, are believed to number in the hundreds and often recruit members at transvestite beauty pageants, some of which are held in Maryland. Now, we talked about this a little before we started recording. Um, I believe they're referring to two separate things here. There are drag queen beauty pageants where people become Miss Continental, Miss Maryland, Miss whatever. This is much more in the common lexicon now that people watch Drag Race because a lot of the people that now compete on Drag Race came from the pageant circuit. Okay. Um, But there were also Vogue balls, which is where you see a lot more trans women competing, and that's more dance and Vogue based, but they Mm -hmm. also would have uh, trophies and all of these things. I was going to say, they have titles too. They have titles as well. Yeah. And so um, that's what these, um, I believe when they're saying transvestite beauty pageants, those are the two... Right. Events that different that they were referring to. Could have been either or both. Yeah. Um, And then this is another quote. Um, It's really a shame. I had heard of these kinds. uh, uh, I had heard of these kinds of groups doing this, says Margarita Martinez, the manager of the Giuliani Versace store in Bethesda, who said, which is not in Bethesda, who said she recently had seen transvestite robbers featured on a television episode of A Current Affair. (laughs) I die. I cannot get over A Current Affair. I searched YouTube. I Nothing. figured there was somebody who videotaped their TV on a recorder or whatever. <laughs> no. Nothing. That really surprises me because you can watch like super old episodes of like Unsolved Mysteries and stuff. You think a oh current affair would be up. That's a bummer. I was working. I didn't have that much time to look hard. Don't think I won't go back because I will. But I feel like in, in the dregs of like Paramount or Peacock or something, it's gotta, gotta be. be somewhere. It's gotta be there. That was such yes. a good show. <laughs> I used to love A Current Affair. And for those of you who are too young to know, A Current Affair was like a very tabloidy news program hosted by Maury Povich. Yeah. Um, before he had his talk show where he would like, you know, you're the father. So before you're the father, he was Was it kind of like affair. hard copy or like, I'm Inside trying to think edition? of... edition? Yeah. Yeah, but I, even more salacious. Yeah. Like there, I mean, there were stories about like aliens and, you know, things like that. So oh, it was, man. it was, okay. it was, to me, it was very tabloidy. Okay. Yeah. Um, at this point, we're just hoping it doesn't happen again, and we're hoping to put it behind us, Mrs. Martinez said. Another employee who asked not to be identified said he was amazed that someone would hold up a store for clothes. 
They meant business. They used tape to bind the employees, locked him in a room, and they just started shopping. He said it was terrifying. They kicked one guy in the head a couple of times. They were desperate to get the stuff. I mean, just take the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One me, there's a ton of this stuff. But I also wonder, too, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little Mm -hmm. bit here. Um, If, well, I, I was going to say that I was wondering if some of the aggression and violence was based in this robbery being committed by people who were um, uh, segregated against and who were yeah. pushed down by society. Mm-hmm. And But I think everyone that worked there was gay. So, <laughs> so I had a roommate who worked there briefly at, at, at Versace. So I don't think there was a lot of like cisgendered straight men mm-hmm. working at Versace. So maybe they were taking their anger out on the wrong people. But that was just a thought. Agreed. Well, I also think, though, if you charge into a store with an intention to rob it, you got to flex somehow. You know, like, I think this casual robbery that we see now, people walking into stores and walking out with armloads and stuff, that's ballsy. That's brazen. I don't know that it happened quite like that in 1992. Uh, well, all I can speak to, and so the the roommate that I had that worked there, she worked there, and I'm guessing timeline a long time ago. I'm she lived with me, I think, in '95, um, maybe '96, and I did. We worked in the same area. I did visit her at work sometimes, even though I don't really love her. Every person <laughs> she worked with was a male homosexual that weighed maybe 110 pounds soaking Mm. wet Mm. and a stiff breeze could have blown them away. Mm. I'm assuming that that was probably the case in 92 as well. I don't think you had to use a lot of brute force. So this seems a little excessive. Like I feel, I mean, even myself, if someone came in, I would Uh be like, whatever, take whatever you want. Like I'm not going to fight back. Yeah. Give me all your hair I doubt there was a lot of resistance (laughs) going on. Yeah. I doubt there was a lot of resistance going on. So. And uh, can I, point out yeah. at this point at um the chanel in center city or city center sorry i get it confused because center city is in philadelphia yeah city center is in dc um the door stays locked at all times for the um safety of the clientele not the safety of the merchandise yeah so. yeah and we should also we discussed this before we started recording the montclair store at city center <sighs> in dc mm-hmm. was recently robbed like maybe february or march of 2023 and a bunch of young people just walked in and started piling coats on themselves Jeez. and walked right, right out the door. Out. Yeah. 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 Whenever I go there, like, I try to, like, get in to the store I need to go to. Get the hell out of there. Like, right away, get get my lift and always ask for, if you go shopping, your merchandise in, like, an unmarked bag. Oh, oh smart. Interesting. Oh, that's ways. smart. Yeah, and they, they all have them. Uh, all of the stores have it. That's and very smart. This has, like, I've only done this twice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I've already identified myself as the person in French who went to linens and things, so I don't think this, <laughs> I don't think this applies to me. Well, I so I was in City Center fairly recently. I had to exchange a belt that my cousin very lovely got me for Christmas at Louis Vuitton. And um, every single store that I walked by had security guards, yeah. like, out front. Mm-hmm. And I had to be buzzed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was at, like, 2 o'clock on a Monday. Like, yeah, of course. Was, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, all right, let's see. What's... The heist. Okay, the heist. the heist was foiled when an employee untied himself and called 911 while Mr. Reeves and the others allegedly looted the store. Police recovered six duffel bags stuffed with $2,000 suit coats and $600 blouses. And in the suspect's pockets were directions <laughs> to upscale shopping malls and designer clothing stores from Washington to Manhattan, some of which had already been robbed, Sergeant Hennessy said. That 
I mean, that's a treat. <laughs> These directions. Like, they need to like also this loosely this loose network needs to start coordinating. <laughs> They do on their robberies. Yeah. What if they try to rob someplace that's already been already hit been hit? And, you know, internet's not around. Cell phones aren't around. Um, what are you gonna do if there's no inventory? And honestly, in '92, was MapQuest even around? I don't no. think it was. Just confirmed. No, it was not. These were probably hand- handwritten directions. directions. Maybe a map. <laughs> like a full-on map. <laughs> yeah, like a folding map. I had a road atlas in my car through college. Yeah, just in case. It, yeah, it, I mean they're still useful. Yeah. yeah. Um, MapQuest launched in 1996. Yeah. So yeah, they were handwritten directions. Can I, I throw something else? Of out course. There? Okay, so we know that an employee untied himself from the last article. They call out, or the robber call, or I'm sorry, not the robber. The um, article, say that, calls out that the three robbers were trapped in a building while att- attempting to rob the Versace boutique. How did they get trapped? Did they crash through and just crash through the... What I'm guessing what is mean? they, uh, because... I, I'm trying to remember at the time if the Versace store door remained locked. I cannot mm-hmm. remember. Um, I do know that in um, later on when they opened the collection that those store doors were locked. So mm-hmm. like Chanel and Jimmy Choo and all of that. I, I don't think it was. Like I don't think the door locked. Or maybe they had it open. I can't remember. Maybe there was a panic lock? That's what I think. That's what I was going to say. I think they came in and I bet one of the like manager or whoever like, hit the lock and locked them in. Oh my God. I would not want to be locked in with these people. I would not either. But they locked them in. And now the untied thing to me is interesting because I know that duct tape was used to... I mean, I, got, I wouldn't call that tied. I would call it more duct taped. But I know duct tape was used to restrain the people because my horrible... And she was the girlfriend of my roommate. Um, when she worked there, her manager at the time, and I thought he was the manager when the store opened, but reading this article, it was a woman, so not him. He was an employee, I guess, mm-hmm. and had been restrained in the robbery. And when he would get on the nerves of the other employees, they would come up behind him and rip duct tape behind him to trigger his PTSD and freak him out. That's so harsh. <laughs> so I know it was duct tape, but yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, they were obviously. Uh, they were obviously doing this in conjunction with someone else. They weren't just stealing the stuff to put on their own backs, Sergeant Hennessy said. I would say it's a loose knit organization with quite a few other. Wait, and, and it cut off. It, it cut off. Okay. I'll say quite a few other people. Um, th- the three suspects are also believed to have committed about eight smash and grab robberies in chic stores in the Bethesda area, including Silhouette, Arthur A. Adler, Clothier. And jewelry by Luria, which I'm probably all saying all of that wrong. Police said. Um, and the only one of these three that I recognize is the Arthur A one. Silhouette and jewelry by Luria. I no idea. Never heard of them. And was that actually Bethesda or Chevy Chase? It was Chevy Chase. Arthur A. Clothier, Clothier was Chevy Chase. <laughs> Where? Um, it was, if I remember correctly, it was on the Maryland side of Wisconsin Avenue. And it might be where DePandy is now. By the way, Depandy, okay. just so that everybody knows, 
is the father of, of Juliana DePandy, and that's my issue because she's my arch nemesis. Ju- Juliana Rancic. Juliana Rancic. I call her Juliana Rancic. I mean Rancid, but that's up to you I, guys. I, I read her memoir. It's not bad. Oh, it's not? Uh, well, I'll, I'll take it up back and burn it later. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> After we're done recording, I'll explain to you my problem with her. I don't want to do it on air. Can't wait. <laughs> um, arrested along with Mr. Reeves were Brian Keith Chandler, 24, of Santa Monica, California, and Christopher Darnell Hall, 31, of Orlando, Florida. Each has an extensive criminal history ranging from shoplifting to pickpocketing to armed robbery, police said. A handful of police detectives, primarily in Florida and New York, has taken on the unusual task of becoming experts on burglary burglary rings of female impersonators. Where is that? Sh- I want Law and Order that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where yeah. Do we, how do we get that? Yeah. Actually, we have a connection to Dick Wolf. We need to tell Lucas that he needs to call Dick L- Wolf and get on this. It's true. We also discussed before recording that Ryan Murphy is really missing the boat by not turning this into a show. It should be. Yeah. It 100% should be. And I honestly think that he knows about this because I feel like... That scene that I described to all of you earlier from the first season oh, of Pose when they robbed the museum is from this. I think it's, he it's a homage. Yeah, I think and it totally is. Let's not forget the Versace connection. He still has all that costuming. Come oh on. My yeah, gosh. he could do it. He could totally do it. Um, one such man is Detective Michael Rogan of West Palm Beach, Florida, of the West Palm Beach, Florida police, who has put together a file of more than a hundred suspects, many of whom are known to travel up and down the East Coast. I'm assuming a lo- I'm surprised West Palm. I would have thought Miami. West Palm yeah. is old school. No, 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 no. I get the money, no, but in Palm terms of... Uh, old school. Yeah. But in terms of, like, trans women and drag queens, I would think Miami. In the Was Miami South Beach area? that she-she in 92? Yes. Okay. That's when South Beach first... Far- so South Beach first became, like, a hot thing when I was in hair school. Okay. Which was 91, 92. Okay. See, I when did Versace Vice, like being like the yeah. thing that when did Versace buy the mansion oh, in Palm okay. in Miami? I think around that time. I think around that time. Um, and but... can I just interject? Of this course. next part is delicious. Oh yeah, so it's really good, you guys. Ear up. <laughs> the stories are endless of transvestites with nicknames like Farah and Large Marge. <laughs> I think maybe my favorite uh, drag queen slash trans person name in history. Um, who swipe, swindle, and steal any bit of clothing that might fetch them a buck or a seductive glance. Ooh. I think that's my favorite line. So good. Yeah. It's really good. I, I, either... I highlighted it. <laughs> <laughs> I either want to get money from this or I want someone checking me the fuck out. I mean, where's the lie when None, you look right? hot wearing Versace, though? None. In the past five years, robberies and burglaries involving East Coast transvestites likely amounted to more than $50 million. And said. there's that number. So $100 yeah. million, yeah. I'm guessing, yeah. like in these yeah. days, in terms of today, inflation. And Versace bought his mansion in Miami in 1992. Yeah, so, so yeah, that, exactly. Oh. That tracks. Yep. Also, this is only an East Coast thing? Like, this wasn't yeah. happening on the West? It's interesting to me that it wouldn't happen on the West Coast. You've got San Francisco. Yeah. They're pulling people from the West, or so says their IDs. But. Yeah. I guess, too, though, also what kind of ties into this is that ball culture, which is where a lot of these people found solace and where they found their chosen families, that was more East Coast, too. Like, yeah. I, I think of New York, okay. I think of D.C., I think of Baltimore, I think of Philly. So I don't think ball culture was as much of a thing on the West Coast. Like, when you think of, like, Paris is Burning and all of those things, mm-hmm. that was all East Coast. So maybe it wasn't a thing on the West Coast. I also, when I think about... I mean, I wouldn't know, so there's that. 
But downtown San Francisco in 92, I know that there were always moneyed and shishied parts of every city because that's always been a thing. But I know there's that big Neiman's in San Francisco, but I don't know. This was before big tech San Francisco. So I wonder just like... Well, but there was also still, what was that stupid movie with Michael Keaton about like, he was a murderer stalker, Pacific Heights? Oh, right. So that was like a fancy part of San Francisco back then. Like that was around that time. Do I need to watch this movie? Probably. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. I actually haven't seen it, but I love rewatching movies. It's a a good movie. But, um, I mean, it's just about like a rich part of San Francisco. But, um, I, it was definitely not as moneyed as it is now, Mm -hmm. but it still was an expensive city. Let's also consider proximity. How many fancy stores can you hit from Miami to New York versus like LA to San Francisco? True. That's very true. Very, very true. Also, basic instinct is San Francisco too. Oh. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I've never watched that. I I know. (gasps) I know. Oh, girl. But I was going to say, with San Francisco, can you imagine like them trying to like drive up hills? That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and they're running in their heels. heels. Never happened. Would never happen. Once and walked, and I wore the worst blisters on in, in sneakers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> um, it's crazy stuff, and people usually think it's funny. Detective Rogan said, "I really want to call him Rogan," um, but it's tearing us up. But, but it's tearing us up down here. It's putting people out of business. Transvestite beauty pageants, gala affairs in which men dress in gowns, tiaras, and designer clothes frequently are the spots where recruits are found and where stolen goods are bought and sold. They have pageants in the Baltimore area. We know that much, Detective Roggin said. The pageants, usually publicized by word of mouth or on flyers in gay nightclubs, sometimes see $800 pantsuits sold for as low as $50, he said. That's insane. It is insane. And the interesting thing to me is that this happened in D.C. Now, I get this is a Baltimore paper, so they'd be resting Baltimore. But all of these things were going on in D.C. Yeah. Like, there were pageants in D.C. There was Mm -hmm. ball culture in D.C. Like, all of those things were happening in D.C. So it's interesting to me that he's not mentioning that. They do get to why Maryland was sort of a hotspot in this article, I will say. Um, But intelligent files on the Maryland transvestite operation, I'm going to call it the MTO from now on, (laughs) (laughs) show more of an inclination towards check fraud than armed robbery, Mm. Detective Mm -hmm. Roggin said. Maryland is really lax in the way they give out driver's licenses. We had an operation up there two and a half years ago where female impersonators were obtaining women's driver's licenses, then relaminating them with their own pictures so they could buy expensive outfits in New York, he said. Ostensibly with the checks they just mentioned. Yeah. And now also the other thing that I find hilarious about this is as someone who used to have a Maryland driver's license, I didn't find that to be the case. But (laughs) D.C., however... Like, all of the way that my friends and I all got fake IDs and went to clubs when we were young is D.C. has a walker's license, which is just an ID card. Like, I don't think Maryland yeah. offered at the time, okay. but all states probably do now because we're much more of, like, an identity-based culture. Okay. Um, but to get a walker's license, all you had to do was bring in a birth certificate and you could literally pull an address out of the DC phone book, any fucking address you wanted. And so we would just get like our sibling, our friends who had siblings that were over 21 who had a birth certificate, we would steal their birth certificate, like take it, pull an address fucking out of the phone book and get, I mean, I had an ID that said I was 21 when I was 16. That was completely valid. So they could have been doing that. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, it's back then it wasn't that hard to even forge a birth certificate. So like, Oh my God, that's terrifying. So, I mean, it's just a piece of paper. So yeah. like, yeah. So the fact that they are claiming that Maryland was easy is shocking to me. There was also a store in Georgetown in DC called Electromax where you could go and buy an ID. Like right. it had one of those wow. like 
big where like your head went in the giant uh-huh. wall size cutout and they would take the picture. I think in Superbad they, they did something like that. Yeah. But I mean, that was a thing for $20. Like anyone could go get an ID. So, yeah. um, so this fact that they're claiming Maryland was easy and not saying anything about DC is shocking to you me. You said that store was in Georgetown? Yeah, it's called was Electromax. Was it there, like, Commander Salamander? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right near there. I'm like so obsessed. It was basically <laughs> like right now R. people... R. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't near Commander Salamander. So Commander Salamander was on Wisconsin. Electromax was on M. Okay. It was near this store that was called Smash that was like a punk rock store. Uh-huh. Um, so Electromax was what would now be called like a head shop. Oh, okay. they they sold bongs. You could get an ID. You could buy whippets. And for those of you who don't know what that is, they're like whipped cream canisters that you would huff <laughs> and like the, like the accoutrement to do that. It was like that kind of okay. store. Yeah. I wonder if what they're saying about Maryland driver's licenses applies to people who are out of state. Like, I wonder if they were really lax if you showed up and said like, Hey, I'm, I'm from California. I need a Maryland ID. And they'd be like, sure. Okay. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but I would still, I mean, like, I say that just because all three suspects are from out of yeah. state. Yeah. It's very possible. When, when I got a, I got a Maryland ID in 2008 before I moved to D.C. because I went to the University of Maryland. And it felt like a lot of hoops that I had to yeah, jump through. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, because, like, again, when I was a kid, there were a lot. And so the interesting, it says we had an operation there two and a half years where female persons were obtaining women's driver's license. So what they were doing is, they, this actually, this paragraph doesn't even make sense. So it's saying lax is... They're lax in the way they're getting a driver's license. But then they say that these female impersonators were obtaining women's driver's license and then re-laminating with their own picture, which makes it seem makes it to me sound like they were stealing mm, yeah. cisgendered women's driver's licenses. And then, and I did, ha- I mean, I it wasn't hard to do back then. I did have friends that would take a, a, a Maryland driver's license that was valid. You'd like slice it in half, pick the old picture off, put your new picture on it and re-laminate it. So that was a thing you could do. So yeah. Um, so, but but to me, that doesn't have anything yeah. about lax. It just means they're stealing people's driver's licenses. Um, the thieves are difficult to catch and frequently set up in rented houses. In Maryland, the transvestite ring is much more sophisticated and organized than we have here, Detective Roggin said. Well, shout out to Maryland. I guess they're doing shout better than, than West Palm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Armando... Palmieri, a spokesman spokesman for the Manhattan field office of the FBI, said investigators have been plagued by a number of transvestite check fraud scams in upscale stores in Manhattan. Now, that being said, it's so funny to me that, like, it's kind of hysterical, and I guess you technically can still do this, but we used to be able to just write some shit on a piece of paper, and they couldn't validate it all, and, like, Uh say, like, here's my money. Uh And my, when I was in high school, when I had my first checking account, because I started working kind of early, I used my checking account like, um, like a credit card. Like, I would literally, like, write checks for things that I didn't know, and I'm like, it's worth paying the balance check fee, because I want these shoes right now, so I will just pay... The thirty-five dollars, like I did it all the time. It I was thought terrible. you meant like a debit card, like writing no, a check. No, I would like, fully be like, I don't have the money so for that. this. I'm gonna write a check because I want it right now, and I know that the check is gonna bounce, and then I'm gonna have to pay both the where I bought the thing from a bounce check fee and my bank a bounce check fee. But to me, it was worth it, so I used oh it. Like, I mean, I only did it a few times. I mean, but. my friend and I always laugh about our hometown. Do you remember the ginormous cash registers? Like when your yes. mom would write a check and they uh-huh. would feed it into the <laughs> back. Yeah. yeah, and it yeah. would like print something on the back yeah. of the check. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Mr. Reeves has undergone several stages of a sex change. Okay, so definitely trans, and so this is Dana. Police said he gave his name to police as Dana Dubois. Um, so now we know fully not a drag queen, but a trans woman. 
Claire Gunster Kirby, a spokeswoman for the Montgomery County Corrections Office, said Mr. Reeves is in a protected section of the men's holding area in consideration of his transsexual orientation. Well, that's. I was actually impressed by that. Yeah, Yeah, I am impressed by that. For 1992, I was surprised. Yeah, I am impressed by that. I mean, still shouldn't have been in the men's holding, but at least they segregated them from the rest of the population. Yep. Um, But while he is held, correctional policy does not allow for medical treatment other than that which is deemed necessary by a physician. We would not be providing anything that would further his process of becoming a woman, Miss Gunster Kirby said. Now that actually to me is heartbreaking because that means they weren't giving them hormones. And so that can reverse all of the progress that they've made depending on how long they've been in jail, which really fucking sucks and I feel bad for Dana. Um, Clayton Powell, a Greenbelt attorney representing Mr. Reeves, said he has become frustrated with the publicity surrounding the in quotes, unusual nature of the case and refuse to answer questions. Detective Roggin said many of the transvestite robbers are tight-lipped about their reasons for stealing. What? 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 The, what? What's... Why would... The, huh? That doesn't make sense. Like, the reasons for stealing are we want the clothes and we want money. Like, what does it... I mean, I get why they would say, like, no comment, but I don't understand why Detective Roggins doesn't understand why they're stealing. Um, I think there are people who grew up as criminals and that's their way of life. Well, that is mm. fucked up and that should not be said. Mm. And I feel like that also, um, I remember from the time, these were all people of color. And mm. I think it's extra fucked up that the police would say that because I feel like that is a very racially charged mm. and prejudicial statement to make. Of course. Well, and I think it's, I don't know, to call it unusual too, I actually feel like they're establishing this case as a group of people who want to participate in pageantry, basically. And then they're like, but we don't know why they're stealing fancy clothes. It's like, pick a lane. Yeah. You just said, yeah. you know that they're into pageantry. Good take. Well, and the other issue, too, is that this was also, I mean, we've already discussed it, how it's very difficult for uh, people in this situation to get normal, not, well, quote unquote, normal jobs. And um, they don't have the money to be buying these things. And on top of that, even if they have the money, they're going to be looked at cross-eyed and sideways if they walked into an expensive boutique mm-hmm. presenting as male. Yeah. And wanted to buy a dress. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, there's a lots of reasons to steal. I also am curious because I just don't know. Again, another thing I don't know. Um, is there money at stake with the, some of these pageants? Oh, yes. So it's done more for the prestige and the title and of all of that stuff. But yeah, there are, are not huge cash prizes, but also, there is a. But I'm saying, prize. if you're up. Right. Yeah. If you're up for a cash prize, you want to show up in the latest Versace yeah. mini. You want to look impressive. Yeah. And it's more, they do it more for, and as someone who, like I said, was <coughs> not super into this segment of this scene, but I was in it and had friends that participated in it back in the day. Um, it's the recognition. Mm. It's yeah. not even so much a monetary right. prize. It's the res- it's the respect. Yes, it's a respect thing. It's the you know like I am queen of the whatever, mm-hmm. and and people to defer to them. It's a it's a whole different subset of the population that a lot of people aren't privy to. But yeah, I mean it's it's a respect thing. And I see it as almost like an original form of influencing. They did not want to show yes. up to these oh, events wearing take, things yeah. that they've worn before, and you would be mocked. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you did that, if you showed up in the oh, same outfit, you wow. would be mocked. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. I don't understand why it wasn't a mystery, but I yes. guess I have the influencing lens that they didn't have in 1992. Yeah. But no influencers you, back then. Detective Rockin did not. No. did not. I feel like it's a pretty open and shut case of people wanting to steal fancy clothes. I don't understand the mystery <laughs> of that, but okay. And now the other thing about this is I know that both of you 
unsuccessfully tried to locate oh these God. three yeah. people today and could find nothing. Where so. are they now? It's, I mean, I couldn't, their names didn't even come up mm-hmm. on like a register of any kind with like the state of Maryland or anything like yeah. that. And it wouldn't surprise me either because if this had been like even 1997 or 1998, we may have gotten somebody who was, some intern was charged with uploading scans of old police files or something. But 1992 is early. Yeah. And so I feel like even by the time the internet became a popular thing, records from 1992 are rare. Yeah. Yeah. I tried searching um, several of their name or their names with the age that they would be today. Like thinking- what is it like the whitelist or what is that? Yeah. What, is that the right? Or it's almost like the white, white pages. pages yes. Yeah. Online. I was like, maybe it'll call that. And it didn't. I tried searching um, their name and then Oceanside. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried one and I think I tried. No, I, I'm, I don't want to say what it, what it found because it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> I mean, the very sad, tragic thing about this is that these three people may no longer even be That's alive true. because yeah. this was still pretty much the height of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, this was where it was a very, I mean, it's still a very dangerous time to be a trans person, but it was even more so then. And trans people did not have the medical care that they do today. Mm. Um, I would be willing to bet a lot of money that Dana was taking like, black market hormones yeah. and who knows if she had like sil- I mean I I've lost friends that were getting black market illegal silicone injections um because it poisoned their blood like so there's a lot of things that trans people went yeah. through so it's very possible they not may not exist anymore or if they had to be incarcerated because of this yeah. crime and, yes you know maybe not everybody yeah. was as kind about segregating them as Montgomery County uh-huh. yeah 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 well I, I mean we should bring it up after on that. A, <laughs> on a low note. <laughs> yes, we don't want to end on a low note. Um, but the so the um, for those of you listening to this who are more interested in learning more about um, these people's struggles or what may have mm. driven them to steal or just like fabulosity, um, I would highly recommend watching Ryan Murphy's series Pose. It is on FX. Um, or on Max, which used to be HBO Max, there is an amazing reality series called Legendary um, about ball culture. And okay. it is a competition show where all of the houses compete to see who the number one house is. The majority of the protest uh, contestants are, everyone is is queer, and the majority of the contestants are trans. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the most famous trans um, ballroom I don't want to call them dancers, but ballroom celebrities. Um, her name is Laomi. Um, she's one of the judges. Um, the first two seasons, Megan The Stallion is also the judge. Um, it's it's a great. I love the show. It's a great show. So those of you who are listen, who are interested in learning more about um, this segment of the population, I highly highly recommend both of those shows. Awesome. And if we find this episode of a current affair. We oh share. yeah, we are Follow posting it for sure. For sure. That's what I'll be doing tonight. One hundred percent. Um, and I also want to, before we like completely wrap things up, um, Lucinda, I really want you to again reiterate to everyone mm-hmm. all of your socials. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> um, I can be found at Lucinda Deggerland on Instagram. That's L-U-C-I-N-D-A-D-E-G-E-R-L-U-N-D on Instagram. 
I'm at Lucindervention on Twitter, like uh, intervention, but also Lucinda. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. And then Lucindervention.com, and that's L-U-C-I-N-D-E-R-V-E-N-T-I-O-N. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get through that. Wonderful. Well, everybody, go follow her. Check out her website. Um, she has been completely over and above and beyond <laughs> in downloading all of these articles and bringing all of this to us just through like a quick little thing that I happened to mention on the podcast one time. And we have had so much fun doing yes. this. Thank um, you so much for doing all this welcome. research and bringing these visual aids. And if you <laughs> Thank guys... You for having me. It was our pleasure. We loved it. And if you guys have any... Um, questions or if you have any information about this robbery please like tweet or instagram or whatever one of us and let us know um but this has been so much fun and we will be coming back to your ears very soon thanks for listening to another episode of one hit wonderful you can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at B. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.